Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're looking at Jesus is telling us that we need to be born from above if we truly want to be his father. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Judeans. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. 
So we hear the story today about Nicodemus and Jesus in their first encounter. And Nicodemus, it says, is a Pharisee and he's one of the leaders of the people in Jerusalem. And what we know from elsewhere in the gospel, of course, is that Nicodemus is the one who goes to Pilate after Jesus' death and asks for Jesus' body and places Jesus in his own family tomb, in the tomb that he had created for himself. Right? So Nicodemus is someone who's going to become closely connected with Jesus, but here in this encounter we see only the beginning of that relationship. And as is often the case in these encounters with Jesus, Jesus says a bunch of stuff that's really difficult to understand. Jesus, in fact, that's one of the points of the gospel that Jesus purposefully talks in ways that don't make sense so that we won't understand him until the whole story has been revealed. And so Jesus begins to tell Nicodemus that if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you must be born from above. And Nicodemus is like, how do you do that? You like crawl back into your mom? That can't happen, right? And so Jesus is like, Nicodemus, you're being a literalist. Like, this is a metaphor, right? And we used to talk about, about, used to hear more about people being born again, being a born again Christian, which is people who have really focused on this reading to understand their relationship with Jesus. Right? And there was this idea that to be born again, you needed to have this conversion experience. You know, like St. Paul on the road to Damascus, where you're walking along and suddenly, pow, everything changes. Lots of people, I have found, don't have such an experience. Their life is unfolded differently. And I don't think that Jesus ever says that you have to have this one conversion moment where you know you're a follower of Jesus to be a real follower of Jesus. Now, I have to be honest and say I did have kind of an experience like that, a conversion moment like St. Paul, not quite as dramatic, but something that really stands out in my memory where I had a moment where I felt the truth of what the gospel was saying the reality of Jesus and that he had something to say to me. But even in that case, it wasn't like on that day, in that moment, I became a fully formed believer of Jesus. My faith life has been much more like a journey. Because like most of the people that Jesus encounters in the Bible, after their encounter with Jesus, they have struggled to understand what it is that Jesus is saying and what Jesus might mean for them. And I think that's been true of my life, and I suspect it's true of many people's lives, that, that we have our encounter with Jesus and we may spend the rest of our lives trying to make sense of what that was, trying to understand, faith-seeking understanding of what it is that Jesus represents and what it is he calls us into. And so I don't think that we have to have some dramatic moment when we come to Jesus. But I think one of the things that Jesus is pointing at is that at some point, 
to become a follower of Jesus, to enter the kingdom of God, right? Which is not like a ticket into heaven, but this idea that we begin to see the reality of God at work around us and to respond to that and to begin to live into the world as the people we were created, to respond with love, to notice our neighbors, to see their needs and to respond. That's what it means to enter into the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about. And what Jesus is trying to say is that at some point, following Jesus needs to be something that it becomes internalized within us. If we follow Jesus only because we think we're going to get a reward for doing so, or if we follow Jesus because we're afraid that what might happen if we don't, we haven't really entered into the kingdom of heaven. We're still lingering in the old life into the ways of the world, which is coercive. But Jesus offers us a different way of being, a different way of seeing the world, a different way of life. And that can be something that we jump into with both feet, like into the deep end of the pool all at once. Or it could be like walking out into the surf a little bit at a time until, you know, it gets really cold, like about here. And then you just got to keep going. Faith operates in lots of ways in our lives. But in each of us, it's a beckoning, a call of Jesus to us to live into the people we were created to be, to be people who are good, to be people who care, to be people who aren't willing to be complicit in evil to be people who stand up against what we know is wrong, to raise our voices, to not silently look away at the darkness and evil that enters into our lives in big ways and small, to trust enough in the promises that Jesus offers us, to live in the kingdom of God right now when all the evidence of our eyes suggests that only a fool would do so. That's the leap of faith that Jesus asks of us. That if we are really, really to take part in Jesus' life, to claim his resurrection as our own, if we are to live into those promises, we need to begin to look around and live in the kingdom of God right now, to be unafraid of whatever the world throws at us, to stand up for what is good, to stand up for what is right, to stand for what is true, unafraid, courageously, and to work together. Because one of the reasons I think that Jesus talks in such a way that it doesn't make a lot of sense is that he is relying on the community to bring us along. And this is true from my own experience that I didn't really get to know Jesus by reading about him in a book. I learned a lot of stuff that way. But I really began to know who Jesus is by living in the midst of his followers. Because when Jesus leaves and ascends into heaven at the end of the gospel, the only thing Jesus leaves behind is his circle of friends and followers. And we are their inheritors. They knew Jesus, and they probably all had a different point of view. 
but they came together so that together they might understand what it was they had experienced. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, they took that out into the world to share it with everybody. And then they shared it with people who shared it with people in an unbroken chain of relationship right to us. That someone told someone who told someone they told us. That we are as much Jesus' disciples and believers as those people in the Bible. They aren't greater than us. They are us. So we take these experiences that we've had and we work together to try to understand them. And then empowered by the Holy Spirit, we take that good news out into the world and to share with the community around us about this great promise, this beautiful vision that Jesus has for what our lives could be like if only we would follow Jesus' advice. If only we would open our eyes to the reality around us, to see the needs of our neighbors and to respond in love. What a beautiful world. And when we promise to live in that world right now, even though it is not fully accomplished, we have entered into the kingdom of God. Amen.